Welcome everyone to the 13th episode of the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast. Boys, sound off. Who's here with me today? Evan Goldstein. Dan Ryan. And Nick Grillo. Great, great. We got some great comics lined up for you today, and we're going to start with Dan. Dan, tell me what you've been reading. <laughs> Dan! Dan. <laughs> uh, well, two books uh, for this week. One, uh, I guess it counts as like, I don't know, it's the Marvel 75th anniversary celebration. So celebration. Uh, it's a celebration. 75 years of, of nonsense and tomfoolery. Uh, it had uh, five stories in uh, in it, as well as a bunch of ridiculous Marvel comics we never made that Bendis came up with, and they're all insane. They're just ridiculous concepts and, like, uh, just silly. But anyway, the stories that are in there themselves are done by a bunch of various various people. The first one that it kicks off with, I think, uh, for my money, was was the best out of the five. It's called Anniversary, and it's written by James Robinson, who is uh, currently doing the Fantastic Four book and had done a bunch of stuff for DC. Uh, but earlier this year, there was kind of like a big falling out between Robinson and DC, and he came over to Marvel, took over Fantastic Four. Uh, but he does this book, or this little short, called Anniversary with uh, Chris Samney as the artist and Jordi Belair uh, doing the colors. And it's it's just... It's just gorgeous, man. Like, Chris Samney, he did uh, a big long run on Daredevil, and he's got this really classic, old-school style that still really works in in modern comics with all the the big muscles and the bulging, you know, pectorals and stuff that we see now, like, in in superhero books. He's very, very simplistic. He's got very, very simple lines and very clean artwork, and it's, it's absolutely gorgeous to look at the the story itself is ben urich reporting for the daily bugle asking the question you know basically framing it and saying that a lot of times people ask you where you were when kennedy was assassinated or when the berlin wall came down or when the when the twin towers came down let me ask you the question where were you when the world became fantastic where were you when the fantastic four first showed up and it just goes throughout Marvel's history, and there's these really nice one-panel little little spots in there where Hank Pym is giving himself kind of like an out loud little internal monologue saying, I'll call them Pym Particles. It's a little bit, you know, audacious for me to do that, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. And there's a, a little spot of Nick Fury talking to Dum Dum Duggan and Matt Murdock training in the gym after his dad has died, and there's a shot of, of Peter Parker talking to Uncle Ben about being a photographer instead of a scientist, and Captain America being found in the ice, and it just, in like four pages, goes throughout Marvel's history, and really, really captures this sense of of wonder of what it must have been like to live, you know, back in the 60s, and, and all of a sudden to have, you know, here here's all these crazy superheroes, when the world was kind of dull and boring before... Here it is. Sweet. That sounds like an awesome book. Uh, I, I, I actually have one question because you had made comment on who's actually doing the you know the writing and the art. Is there another colorist in the world other than Jordy? <laughs> uh there shouldn't be. If I mean there is. I, I I mean fantastic work, but but really spreading yourself kind of thin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, when I went to a Comic Con I asked uh, Declan Chalvey, uh that's Jordy Bell 
girl boyfriend or husband i don't know the relation but uh he i was like do you see her at all i mean is she just <laughs> in a room just coloring constantly and and she actually does it on the computer so i guess it you know streams lines a, a little bit uh more but it's still she she does so much stuff every other book you pick up it's like oh pretty Blair. and uh one thing about uh chris somni i don't tweet i don't instagram but uh my fiance does and it, I, I that's she follows him and that's the only thing I, I pick up her phone every once in a while I just check out his stuff because it's just beautiful I love his work he's he's so goddamn good he did a uh, just a pinup of Dick Tracy um I think earlier this year he just put it up on his uh, like it might have been on his Twitter um because I don't do the whole tweeting thing either I'm too old for that shit <laughs> um but he's just savages he's living in the stone age. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, you know, hey, check out the stuff. How do you camera. let anybody know um, what you're eating? <laughs> I do that through the Facebooks. Oh. Um, but yeah, he he put up this uh this Dick Tracy image that was that was awesome. Like just an incredible incredible artist. Um it's also got the the rest of this book. There's four other stories in there and three of them are pretty good. The last one was a Wolverine story called Walkabout where he's it, it takes place right before Wolverine agrees to join the X-Men and he goes to the Australian Outback for a, you know, walkabout and gets out in the dream time that they, like, I don't want to get too much into, like, the aboriginal traditions of walkabouts in Australia, but he goes out into the dream time and starts tripping, basically, and ends up fighting a bunch of shit that's not there until Sabretooth inexplicably shows up and is real and then they fight. That's like that one was what a- always happens. Sabretooth shows up and they fight. <laughs> That's why no other storyline. Why can't like, they just join no together reason. and go on a walkabout? No. Seriously. The they could have gone tripping balls throughout the Australian <laughs> outback fighting like big lizards that weren't there. But no. Yeah, like like Homer and, and that uh, wolf in that one episode. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so what that you're one... saying is we should do a special episode where we trip balls and walk through the outback and fight fake lizards. With Sabretooth and With Sabretooth and, Saber and Wolverine. We'll just get Gosh, Hugh Jackman right. and uh, Leave Schreiber. Because uh, we'll we know them. they're both big listeners to the Paper Cut podcast. <laughs> of course, of course, obviously. And well, we'll... and obviously they're not busy. I mean, I'm sure they're not working on anything right what? now. They've, oh. got, they've got time to detour down to Australia. <laughs> Isn't that where Hugh Jackman's from anyway? Yeah. Oh, shit, we could go to his house. Yeah. We yeah. could just ring I... the doorbell. This is happening. <laughs> we already you, came up with everything. You, Mr. Jackman, sorry, Mr. Jackman, we're formal here. Give us a call, set it up. Um, the other, the other three stories though were uh, were pretty good. There's an alias story uh, from Bendis and Michael Gatos uh, doing the art, which is the guys who did the the alias book. Uh, I, I heard the Marvel the Bruce Max. Timms one was good. Yeah, yeah, that, that one was well. I, Captain America. The Bruce, the Bruce Tim part is good. Yeah, yeah. But like, like what what this one was, Stanley's first published work for Marvel was a two-page prose Captain America story. So they went back and took that two-page thing from like 75 years ago and had Stanley rewrite it into a comic script and had Bruce Tim draw it. And Bruce Tim's artwork of course is is gorgeous, you know, from the Batman animated series and all that good stuff. But Stanley's writing as as, dated. Yeah. Dated is, is putting it very mildly and very nicely. Uh, It's just, (laughs) it's not good. You know, I love Stanley. I love him to death, but 
you know, like, <laughs> like time has time has gone on, man, and you can really tell it. But it's it's kind of cute in in yeah. its throwbackness of you know, golly gee, Steve, yeah. you sure punched that Nazi in the face, like just kind of ridiculousness that's in there. And then there's a uh, a story about Peter Parker. Uh, it, it's mostly a Peter Parker story. Where his friends were like, that Peter Parker, he never shows up to anything we want to do. And, you know, there's little inter interspersed scenes of him, you know, webbing bad guys and whatnot. And, and them trying to, exp like, trying to figure out where, why does Peter Parker never want to hang out with us? We're Flash Thompson and, you know. Whatever. Question uh, about it's that book. Silly, but uh, how, how much is it? How much was that, that Oh shit! So seventy fifth seventy fifth anniversary means it's seventy five dollars. That's what I was seventy five dollars. Yep, a dollar um, a year. Yeah, I think it was like six bucks, seven bucks. Uh, that's not that. terrible. Not I mean, it was that, an oversized that. book, right? Yeah, it's it, it's an oversized book. There's there's some prose stuff that's in it, like throughout throughout the book. Um, I think it was like six or seven bucks. I don't remember. That's I don't cool, have cool. it in front of me. Just just wondering. Yeah, it's. I, for the amount of story that's in here and the quality of the stories that are in here, I I actually feel that it's kind of worth that price. Um, you know, usually in these anniversary issues, at least in the last couple of years, you've been getting one original story and then, hey, we reprinted a bunch of shit that nobody read back in the day and here it is again for people to just ignore it. Give us $8. You know, and, and I'm not a huge fan of that, but this is all original content. So, not bad. Definitely worth checking out if you are a a Marvel fan. Cool, cool. Sweet. Uh, so, Dan, do you have anything else for us? Uh, yes, I've got one other book, and really, I, I picked it up just because, you know, it's an image book, and it's a new number one, but it has my daughter's name in the title, and, and that's just an easy sell for me. I, I read this book called Penny Dora and the Wishing Box, <laughs> and it's it's written by Michael Stock, this is his his first published comic book work, and Cena Grace is the artist on this. And surprisingly enough, not Jordi Belair on colors. It's Tamara Bonvillain, I guess. Um, but really, kind of uh, all ages. Nice little story about a a young girl. She's like ten years old, and it's Christmas morning in California. And she the book starts off with talking about how no matter how much they try to make it look and feel like Christmas, it's just not very Christmassy in California, It, which was nice for me, because I felt the same way living in the South for the last eight years. It'd be like, you know, here's a picture of Santa Claus wearing uh, board shorts and holding on to a surfboard next to some <laughs> flamingos, and it's 95 degrees out. It ain't fucking Christmas. This is not right. But it just, you know, don't move to the South, basically, is what I'm saying. But... It starts off with her, you know, talking about how it's not really Christmas and how she really, really wants it to be Christmas. She loves Christmas time, and her mom is not very, uh, not very much in the Christmas spirit, right? So she wakes up Christmas morning, runs out, opens her presents, and as soon as the presents are opened, mom says, "Christmas is over. Clean up." Like, oh man, that that really kind of sucks. But you know, put your clothes away. You got to clean up your room. It's like, dude, it's quite cunty. It, yeah, I mean, not for nothing. It's 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 Christmas. It's not okay. <laughs> but there's there's one package that this girl opens that was just left on her doorstep, and they open it up Christmas morning, and it's an empty box. 
and it's just a wooden box and there's nothing inside of it. And they're like, oh, you know, the mom in a, in a sort of divorced woman kind of way says, you know, Christmas is over and your dad got the last laugh again because he sent an empty box as a present. Isn't your dad kind of an asshole? And turns out that the box, we don't know if it was the dad who sent it or not, but the box itself has magical properties and gives wishes. So all of a sudden the girl walks downstairs and it's like, hey, it's Christmas all over again. And she's got tons and tons of presents to open. And then two hours later, it's like, hey, there's more presents down here. Come open this shit. And she's like, all right, this is this is awesome. This is great. So she goes to bed that night and hears this weird whooshing noise from under the bed and looks down and sees that the box is open under the bed and is asking her the question, what do you wish for? Okay, so she freaks out, as naturally you would imagine a 10-year-old or 34-year-old might, of a box talking to you, <laughs> and shoves the box, like closes the box real quick, shoves it into the closet, like using an umbrella, she won't even touch it, like she pushes it into her closet, and then moves her bed in front of the closet. Next day, her friend comes over. They're looking for some toys to play with. She says, go into, you know, they're in the closet. She kind of forgets that she put the box in there. Go into the closet. The girl gets the box out. It starts talking to them again. They freak out. Uh, they stick it under the bed. It ends up getting knocked over, opens up again. And the book ends with the cat in the story uh, named Iggy, I think the cat's name was. The cat walks up to the uh, box. The box asks the cat. What do you wish for? And the cat kind of meows the word ham. And the last panel is the cat eating the ham that was in the fridge because the ham has gotten up and walked out of the fridge to where the cat could eat it. Um, it's really just silly and, and charming. And I'm interested to see where it goes. I, I don't know that there's a lot of legs here for like a 60, 70 issue run, but you know, 10, 12 issues of this, I think might be a, a nice little all ages story. It's nice to get those every now and again, considering all the, the craziness that we usually get in the big, long continuity filled events and, and all that good stuff. This was, this was just kind of a nice little story. Cool. Uh, side note, uh, tooth and claw came out this week. I thought you renamed your kid tooth or claw. <laughs> that's That's what, yes, I was going to pick up that one too, because those are their nicknames. <laughs> Tooth claw, time for dinner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just a, a, a cute little book. The artwork's really nice. Um, Cena Grace does a, a, a really nice job. That it's it's kind of a sketchy, um, almost painterly looking kind of artwork, like almost like watercolors to a point. Um, but it's really nice. It tells the story really well. The storytelling's really well done. Really, the only gripe that I have with the book, and and I suppose it's to be expected. Anytime you have a first time writer uh putting something out there the writing is a little bit uneven because the there's there's narration and then there's dialogue between the characters and the narration is at least when i read it much more um poetic than what the than what the dialogue is and you know it, it just it made it for a little bit of a funky transition between those two things not that either one was bad just a little a, for me, a little bit funky going back and forth between the two. I gotcha. I gotcha. It's all good. And I, I, they sound like interesting books. I mean, the Marvel one sounds really, really cool. And 
you know, for any Marvel fan, I'm sure anyone who loves Marvel picked that up already. Uh, but yeah, the other book sounds really cool too. You're right. I don't know if it has the legs to go 100 issues or anything like that, but it definitely could be a cool miniseries. Yeah, and it's not really a story that needs to go 100 issues. Like that's it's we've talked about it before. One of the lovely things about independent comics and image comics and that sort of thing is that they can tell their story. Whatever, whether that's seven issues or 20 issues or or 19 issues, like whatever whatever your story is, you can just tell it and then be done. And that's kind of a nice luxury to have as a creator. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, mm. Nick, we haven't heard from you in a while. Why don't you go ahead and, and give us your lowdown on what you've been reading? Yes. Well, uh, this week I, I actually had to fly down to Tex- uh, Texas, uh, Dan's uh, old stomping grounds. And so uh, on the plane down, a uh, plane ride down, uh, I, I read um, uh, North, North, Northlanders uh, by Brian Wood. And I just, I'm not going to go into that one. I just want to tell you guys, uh, it's a great book. Uh, they're just kind of snippets of stories here and there. Uh, they're like usually like one or two, uh, you know, either a one shot, two shot, maybe even an eight shot run. But then they just keep on switching it up. So if you guys um, do travel like that, and it's a great book to pick up and, and read. And I definitely recommend it. But. I don't, we don't want to go too much about it. Uh, this week, I, I want to talk about uh, Walking Dead and uh, Batman Eternal. So uh, I guess I'll start with Walking Dead because um, I'm still kind of freaked out by this. It's going to have spoilers, uh, so not major spoilers. Uh, so, Dan, I don't know. I know you're behind on this. Uh, you may want to close your ears. Earmuffs, Dan. <laughs> Earmuffs. No, I'm, I'm caught up now. Oh, you are? So you did yeah. 133. Yeah. I really just pictured like Dan with his hands, like his fingers in his <laughs> nah, ears, nah, sitting nah, there nah, like nah, a la 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 la. I actually just put both sides of the headphones on now, and I was like, "Oh wait, that won't work as earmuffs because now I can hear you better." <laughs> Shit. Uh, but this, um, so the last couple issues, uh, it's just been kind of them moseying around in between the couple towns, uh, you know, small side stories, Carl and his love life, and uh, Rick growing a, a larger beard so not everyone worships him when he walks around and and i think in the beginning this was like what the book was about like these relationships with these people and everything and now that they've just started killing people off i mean it's 133 issues you have to start killing people off here and there and it just like seems like a, almost like a whole new cast and it's a lot of people i just don't really care about you know i, I like jesus um but the other guys, like, I, I probably can't even tell you what their names are because there's so many of them. There's, there's three towns going around right now. You know, I, I loved the Negan storyline. I loved All Out War. I thought it was a really fun event. Uh, but now I just, I I, I, I think they're, I, I know the, the model that they use, and I know that they're using these relationships to carry along the story, but that's just really not what I'm interested in. And uh, they, they kind of got back to the, to the meat of the, the stories. And they introduce the the next line of bad guys because you know that's just all they, you know uh, you just keep on coming to new places, meeting new bad guys, and and seeing what happens with it. You know when we, we, when they went to the hilltop, there was some kind of coolness where uh, you saw like a normal society, and you had all these freaks come in, and Rick and his crew were were the outcasts and and the, and the crazy people, you know, and and they ended up taking over hilltop and whatever, and then the kingdom came about and then all that war but now in this one it's definitely hit the creep factor Uh, the new people the new bad guys are actually walking around and 
kind of feels like they are part of the zombie herd. Uh, they have, the, I guess that what they do is skin the zombies, and then they wear their skin and walk around with them. Mmm, yummy. It's disgusting. It's really weird, and they kind of hinted back at this a couple issues ago, where one person thought that they heard the zombie speaking, and they're like, "That that can't be," you know. We must have just been hysterical, and not really know what the hell's going on. They they, they couldn't be speaking, but now it turns out um, they were speaking, and it was some people wearing zombie skin and and walking with the herd, and and um, at one point um, they attacked this group of, I think it was Jesus and a couple of their guys, they're on their horses and they go to follow them. They finally, the, you know, the, the, the pack finally stops and that's when the horde attacked. And and it really took everyone by surprise because, you you, you know, when a zombie attacks, they're going to attack with their mouth and their arms, not with knives. And that's mm. what they did. And they're like, oh my God, they have knives. What, what is going on here? Son and, of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> have come off the rails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and I really thought that's that's where they're gonna go at first because when he's talking about talking you know zombies talking, I thought, okay, I guess they're gonna evolve now and now they're gonna be sentient, I guess. But it's not that. It's a bunch of freaks that have assimilated with the zombies and feel that they are, what you know they are part of it. Yeah. At one point, um, uh, so when you have these these areas uh they want to keep the zombie herds away from the areas so they try to thin the herd and push it out the other way and um so that's what they were doing and so that's why this zombie herd came the, the you know the the human zombie herd started attacking the real humans because they started thinning out their herd and they're like you you killed our people now i'm gonna kill your people it's like they weren't your people really but if you want to think they like were that, people fine. at some time, but, but really they're not people, yours, not yours, not yours. <laughs> and it is the, uh, you know, our, all red is art is, uh, has always been good, but it just took a new creep level. When you see this guy wearing this mask of, of zombie flesh and it, it like sewn up in the back of his head, it's really disgusting. And I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I was, you know, kind of, this this Walking Dead was a book that I would put towards the back of my reading list because I still love it, love the show, love the book, and I'm gonna continue reading it. But it wasn't you know at the forefront of everything because it was in the lull. And those are the times that I used to like when they were in the prison and they like had their farmings and they like try to build this community. It, it was fun to watch. And and now like the lull parts are the really really boring parts because it's just you know call reading a love letter. Who wants to read that? Like, not me. <laughs> and and that was a whole big splash page in this issue. <laughs> but Carl they, and his weird face. Oh my god! Yeah, it's disgusting. It's like how much more you know damage can that kid go through with this big eye socket out and everything? It's it's really disgusting. But I'm back. I'm I'm, I'm hooked in there again, and I definitely want to see uh, what this new uh, you know group of bad guys are going to do. It is kind of weird that they are. You know, where do they live? You know, what are they eating? Uh, how are they surviving? You know, are they just kind of whispering to each other the whole time when they walk around with the zombie herds? Like, what are they? I don't get it. Like, so I definitely want to look more into it. And I know, um, you know, I have all the faith in the world with uh, Robert Kirkman and, and him creating a, a coherent story. And it's just going to be uh, it's going to be a challenge for him. But I, I know he's going to pull it off and it's going to be a, a good storyline. How, how do you feel about that, Dan? How do you feel about these new bad guys? I, I really like him. I'm I'm really interested to see where it goes to because I'm I'm kind of in the same boat with you. It's like you know, 
The Walking Dead came out again this week, and it's great again this week. But but how much longer? Um, how much longer can this really go on with of, characters okay, that we don't care about? Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of the guys in the hilltop, um, and the kingdom and shit. Like it. I I loved the Negan storyline. Mm -hmm. All Out War was awesome. Negan is one of my favorite characters. I think in the history of comics, like that dude was insanely well written and was yeah. just awesome. And I'm glad and they're then, keeping around. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Like after that, it was like, all right, so now we're back to uh, you know the latest issue of City Planner because that's really <laughs> what it came down to. Is like, yeah, Sim <laughs> Zombies. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And at, at some point, the the story itself wears thin. You know, like, okay, Rick is the Rick is God basically at this point and always wins and always saves them. And really like there were rumors last year that Rick was gonna get killed in in the book and I don't think I, the book can survive with that. I don't I don't think it can either. Well, I, I think I think I don't it will know always that it needs to anymore. I think it will always survive because the the popularity of the T V show and, and people right. are always gonna buy this book. But yeah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that part. it needs to survive as the Rick story any longer. Yeah, you know, I and mean, I, yeah. with with the rumors of what they're talking about doing in the TV show anyway, of finding a different group of survivors. Yeah, you know, well, that's going to be the spinoff series, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'm actually like, I'm way more interested in that now than than the regular episodes of The Walking Dead. Like, really? Because I'm not interested. In that. Because I have no stock in those characters. I have no, you know, dog in the fight, you know. So yeah, I, I, that's gonna really be in a, it's gonna be a stretch for them, and I, and I hope they pull it off. But what is it gonna do? You know, it's gonna be like the California-based uh, zombie group. I, I know, hope so. I hope it's like a bunch of surfers. That would be awesome. <laughs> if it's just like stereotypical be in his shorts with a surfboard. <laughs> oh God! I hope he dies first. I really do. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But no, like I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. I like the uh, the creepy factor of it, and I, I really like that Kirkman is kind of exploring. Like, okay, if you're in a world where zombies are just now a thing. This is just a thing that exists. Somewhere along the way, somebody is going to sexualize that or and just really turn that into like a weird thing. And I, I don't mean to say weird in an offensive way. I, it's just a not of the norm thing that people do. And to me, I kind of got like at least, and maybe this says more about me than it does You're, you're freaking else, me but, out with a sexualized thing. Well, no, but it's like, okay, if, if they've gone this far to adapt themselves into this community, what else is going on? Oh right? There's, God, there's, oh, there was almost... I, I, that I dark. did not, yeah, oh I did not take that leap. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but it's a very fetish, fetishized kind of thing to, like, to get into this, this kind of culture that, that these new group of villains are getting into. It's, it's pretty uh, goddamn uh, uh, dark. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, I believe I, I see where you're going with that, and, and I, and I do agree with what you're saying. I just didn't not make that leap, and I, and I, I'm kind of worried about your brain. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think it's mostly because of the, uh, oh God, what, what's the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses, the zombie, Rob Zombie movie? Oh no, not that. the sequel in it. House I don't know. There's House of a Thousand Corpses two. <laughs> House of a Thousand and One Corpses. <laughs> Um, no, there's like, there's some weird shit in that movie that's like this kind of 
hypersexualized violence. What, and the Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. Yeah, that like, was a fucked up movie. Clutch. That's a, right because they <laughs> really? fucking they make they make that girl like after like they fucking like abuse her and shit. They make her wear like her father's skin, and then she gets like hit by a truck or some shit. Yeah, Rob's... I don't know. That's that's what it brought me back to. Like I was like, ah, oh, it's like this movie. Oh, sweet sweet memories. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. Back having having during my my weekly tea time, oh, Jesus. Um, watching this girl wear her dad's face and then get hit by a semi was uh, that was something. Rob Zombie has has never failed not to make a fucked up movie though. It it that's just what he does good and yeah. you know whatever that, that if that's well, what you do ne- good. Not do necessarily it. fucked up, but it's just disturbing. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be visually fucked up but it's it's definitely gonna fuck with your head yeah the only one that he he didn't uh really put that much craziness into was the one that i think he couldn't and it was uh halloween the original first oh, one that he see made. no 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 i totally disagree there was so much more creepy ass backstory on the kid it was creepy yeah. but it wasn't like it was the other movies creepy uh, okay we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, so short story long. Um, that's kind of where where it yeah where it uh where it went for me. So it's 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 definitely interesting, and I think it's a good thing for him to be branching out and exploring more of these really crazy, you know, fucked up. Th- because think about it: if you've been living with zombies for ten years, weird, crazy shit would start to happen. Oh yeah, you know you. No, you'd I'm have... in. I'm in. I'm yeah. definitely. I, I'm. I'm with it. Well, okay. I just see it as a logical step for the bad guys to use the other bad guys to make their bad guy things go easier. Oh, you, but but the way they talk <laughs> yeah. about it, it's like, like they are. Time? They are one with the bad guys. They are one with the zombies. So it's not even like, oh, we're just going to use these guys. No, they they talk about them like this herd is there. Like they are one with the herd. Very strange. Mm. It's weird, but I, I liked it. I can't wait to see where it's gonna go. And uh, but now we'll move on to uh, Batman Eternal, something a little normal, I guess. Uh, so it's on uh, issue thirty-one. This comes out uh, weekly, or comes out bi-weekly. It may come out every hour. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's every hour. They're already up to issue seventy-nine. <laughs> yeah, started last week, and it's and it's. it's it's up pretty high already. Um, and, and we finally figured out why uh, Bruce Matt, uh, Bruce Wayne's um, house is now Arkham Asylum. Uh, because in issue 31, I guess, uh, 30, um, the Spectre came out and kind of blew up all of Arkham Asylum, and which is was very strange. I don't understand how you could go from destroying Arkham Asylum and having every single person in there getting buried under rubble to having them in a sports arena and then moving them into the uh, ma- the, the, the manor um, that quickly. Very strange. Um, but at the same time, I'm enjoying this, I guess. I, we, we do talk about how uh, DC has this house style that every single book that you look at the same you could pick up a book and say ah oh, that's dc right there uh this this whole series is written by different people even though they have scott Snyder's name on the front thing of it he probably hasn't touched this book since bat batman proper number 28 i want to say it was where they looked into the future um and they saw 
Batman with his Robin, which was um, uh, Harper Rowe, and um, and also spoiler, um, and then Catwoman was the kingpin of Gotham at the time. So uh, I think that was the last time Scott Snyder was on the book. But at the same time, they want to sell copies of this, so they put his name up front and center, uh, which. <laughs> kind of a slap in the face of all the other writers and uh, artists on this book just a bit just, just a, a bit. little bit they're like okay we'll just put his name first because we know he'll sell it's <laughs> like why don't you just uh, go with the content how about that yeah um but it's weird I, it, so in, in this book they they it's basically hush and um uh, what's it called a long halloween it's kind of like those kind of things where they just say Batman has a lot of villains and a lot of cool people, a lot of cool allies. Let's make a book with every single person in it. And so it's 31 issues in, and it feels like it could be six issues in, where it's like the storyline doesn't really progress so much because you have to go through every single one of these characters' stories and then all time together. So it feels like a week has passed, where like if you did this in Scalp or something like that, you would have like these crazy storylines and these plot lines that have evolved and, 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 you know, progressed and everything. And this is just like, um, it's, it's very, uh, immediate. And so what basically happens is, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, God, I can't, can't remember the, the cop's name. <laughs> Jim Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Going you mean one like of Jim, the main characters? Yeah. So Jim Gordon gets framed. Um, <laughs> they don't really know what happened, but, he ends up shooting a guy and blowing up a subway, and so he gets arrested. So that's like the start of everything, and then they bring in some other cop who's supposed to be good, and he actually turns out to be bad. And so it's just like a, you know, it's just a crazy stories that that have evolved into nothingness so far. And Penny One is now being was poisoned, uh, sent to a hospital, and then he got put into Arkham Asylum for no reason, and that's when Arkham Asylum was blown up. And so now in this issue, the latest issue, it's Penny and Bane walking around fighting together. So that's like the, you know, that's how weird this is that you have every single person in DC, except like the big guys, except like, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, uh, Green Lantern, all those guys aren't in it, which is weird too, but it's all this Batman universe and and just shows you how many people are are in uh, his rogues gallery and also fighting with him. Because, you you know, you'll have... Everybody, everybody's in it from from Batwing to uh, Night uh, to you know Red Hood. Uh, they even introduce Spoiler, which is a new character, and she's kind of cool. Um, it's it's good. I I advise picking it up, but if you do not have uh, six hundred or seven hundred dollars of disposable cash, don't get into this book <laughs> because it's going to be fifty two issues, and it's kind of like a show. That you don't know why you watch, but you just keep watching it. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. Like, yeah, I, that's I, pretty much every show that I watch. Yeah, it's like, why am I still doing this? And then and then you just come back, and it's like a nice little, you know, it takes about five, ten minutes to read it. And you're like, oh, okay, I, I see where, you know, it just keeps on progressing. Keep on inching along. And uh, I think the, the, the changing on art is what kind of keeps me in this. Because they've had some cool people on it. Um, and a lot of no names that I have never even heard of. Um, a lot of uh, there was some South American guy on here, and his art I think it was from Brazilian, and his art was amazing. Um, so I don't know where they're gonna go with this. I don't know, even know who the bad guy is. He keeps on saying Hush is the bad guy, but 
you know, you know that's going to change, and it's probably going to end up with the Joker coming back, and you know him being the big bad, him being behind everything. So if it if it gets that predictable, I'm going to be very pissed that I went through all this. But um, I have a little hope in DC right now, uh, even though uh, Joker's child is in a lot of it. I, I oi, oi, I, I hate her. Oi, oi. I question: What's the uh, the cost of that? Um, let me go back front. It is. I want to say four ninety nine or three ninety nine. Okay, it's definitely so le- not two ninety nine. All right, so let's say it's a four dollar book, and $4 it's book. a weekly book. Yeah, weekly that, book. Yeah. So four, eight, twelve, sixteen dollars, maybe maybe twenty depending on the month. Is it, it is. worth that much money a month? No, no, De- definitely not. Uh, you know, uh, I bought the first six. Um, and then they've been mysteriously just appearing on my iPad after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if they didn't just mysteriously appear on my iPad, then I would not be reading. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I I fell off. I fell off the book because it, like the weekly books are just hard hard for me to to. It, that's just that's a big commitment. It is. There's it so is. much out there. And Has there ever been a weekly book? That you're like, yes, sold. Need to have this every week. Marvel gets gets at points where they like, you know, I think all new X Men was almost like a weekly book for a little while, and and I was really digging that. So they, they do have small runs where it's like these weekly books do pay off. I know Walking Dead was biweekly at one point when when uh, All Out War came out. So like, if you do it sporadically, it works. But if you're gonna do it a whole year, it it doesn't work. And and I I found this read best when i saved five issues and i just kind of plowed through it That's do you do you remember when um i you got i'm pretty sure i don't know how many of you actually buy physical books but there was a run for dc and i want to say it was called wednesday comics it was yeah. a newsprint form where it was it was just like the sunday comics like that was the one and only book that i and i can't even say book but i was like sold on it week by week because it was so much in it it was worth having it every week when it comes to other weekly books it seems like they're taking the regular standard story that should be once a month and just stretching it so that they can put it out once a week i don't feel like i'm getting more than i would if it was just out once a month this works this book works a little bit better because you have so many characters in there and there's so many plot lines and so many threads going all out that like you know, in this this week they talked more about Arkham Asylum and and the Spectre and you know and Batwing who was who was with him and at the same time you have uh, Catwoman I mean not Catwoman you have Batgirl and Red Hood that were down in South America so like you have these places that you could go and you can make it a one week book and not just be Batman 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 so it it, it can work um, I just don't know how successful. It gotcha. Cool, cool. Uh, got it. Yeah, Batman. There's a lot of Batman yeah. books, you know. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Meh. Meh. Batman. And, and it's definitely weird how they put it out. I mean, because we, we did, um, we reviewed Arkham Asylum and, uh, or Arkham Manor. And it was before the events that created Arkham Manor happened. So it was very strange, the timing of that. Yeah, I'm, they're they're getting a little too crazy pants for me with uh, a lot of the Batman stuff. There's too many books, and 
you're kind of stretching Batman in too many directions. And after a while, Batman's going to tear apart, and then there's no well, more Batman. Batman is DC's Wolverine. Well, he's in everything. Yeah, he. They they need to stop because it, you can't. You you just can't. Don't. You got and, plenty and they, of other heroes. You should try using some of the other ones. And they try to mesh like the Batman proper with this because they kind of talk about it in Batman proper. So it's like should be reading Eternal too. No, because we want more money per week. Yeah, yeah. They just oh wait, get... sorry. <laughs> well, I guess that's so, that as far as uh, Batman goes. So sad, but we'll see if it pans out. Evan, so cheer Batman, me up. What Batman did you read? Still great. All right, I gotta. All right, so when I look for my books that I'm gonna outside of the standard pull list that I have, and I want to, you know, hit the shelves and pick out things here and there, it's it's all about the cover. And I came across this book by a dark horse called The Ghost Fleet, and the cover image itself is, you know, two badass guys with you know guns and this semi just blasting through something and i don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie maximum overdrive by stephen king that I, was my first thought when i saw it i wanted it's maximum overdrive yes. <laughs> no okay no <laughs> no it wasn't that i read i read this one too um interesting uh it starts off with just these two guys two partners in some sort of military cia fbi type of situation not really sure what but they're talking and they're talking about their their personal lives and one's like no you're not going to do that for me and the other guy's like i'm going to get tested and if we're a match there's no blah 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 then all shit breaks loose i mean it was it the cars being knocked over guns being shot at i mean it was like mayhem and it came out of nowhere because you have no basis for story whatsoever what you got is a car leading a truck, the truck trying to be taken over by others. And they all sort of look like they're fighting on the same team, but it's very difficult to tell. Um, the truck is supposed to be indestructible or can at least take, you know, small arms. They say that the only thing that could take it down is a, a, a missile. And shockingly enough, right down the road, there's a dude with a rocket launcher. So they came <laughs> prepared. We'll, we'll give the, the bad guys that, but... Um, we don't know what they're transporting. We don't know who they are. We don't know why they're doing any of this. We just they're just supposed to follow along. And then like third, fourth page in, it becomes gore porn. People's heads being blown off. <laughs> oh, people yeah. getting hit by trucks. It's just like it just flipped a coin, man. It went quick. And the truck gets stopped. But ruptures, like it's open now, and we don't know what's inside of it, but we know it's not good because there is a, this is my favorite part of the book because it's a, it's a five panel page, and they're, 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 they're um, what's that called when you, you take a picture long ways? A panoramic type setup. Yeah. And the noise, the, the onomatopoeia is blap. <laughs> blap. Now, I don't know what blap means, but there's a big bubble. And then people are dead or boiling or melting or like it's I don't know what's going on. Now, the art is actually pretty good. Um, the story, like for the, the the writing, I can't say whether it's good or bad because the beginning of the book starts with this random story about uh, like Andrew Jackson and pirates. And they literally say this is not how our story begins. Like then why are you telling me this? Like, why yeah, I, I, Why do I have to I, fill my brain with this? <laughs> I thought that was pretty ballsy. The first three pages, <laughs> like, this story, and then it goes, 
But this is not how our story begins. Yes, it fucking did. I just read it. I just read it. It's there. You liar. <laughs> so God damn it. They, the, after everything settles down, everybody that's around has got these boils or their heads are blown off or they're in big piles of mush. The two guys that started the book are still alive. Don't know how. They were in the BWAP with everyone else. But they're still alive, and it's a, a and it's a black guy and a white guy, and they're buddies. And the white guy's like, "I got to see what we're doing. I got to see what's going on. Why? Why all of this happened?" So he goes to check out what's in the truck, and the black guy's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't know. We don't need to know. We shouldn't know. You know, those are the rules." And the guy's like, "Screw it! I'm going." Black guy ends up shooting white guy in the head. Um. Well. Yeah. And the 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 black guy, you know, chimes into his radio you know walkie-talkie type deal and he's like all right it's done i need an extraction someone comes and picks him up we don't know who don't know why but he's gone now flash forward however long white guy i think pops out of a car trunk or comes out of nowhere like his eye is now missing and oh no he just wakes up and his eye is missing because i'm assuming the black guy shot him through the head from the behind because he was behind him through the head through the brain, through the eye. You do not need that brain. Wait, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, how is... All right. You it's know. like Carl. <laughs> Same thing that happened to Carl. <laughs> so, white guy opens trunk, got a bunch of stuff in there for retribution or, like, whatever. It's full of guns, full of stuff. And that's where it ends. Now, the final page, if you want to call it that, outside of the ads, is this... Like, I'm assuming it's the same guy, but it's a flash forward to the Statue of Liberty burning down, dude with an eye patch and a glowy eye, screaming, fire, hell, brimstone. And this is how we'll end. To be continued. Like, really? You gave me nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> I don't know why I want to continue to read this book or why I should want to continue reading this book. And I probably will, which I don't get. I, I, <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to get sucked into this. It, it I want to see where it goes. The art was, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the art. And it was done by um, Daniel Warren Johnson. And I'm not familiar with his stuff, but it's actually pretty good. There is a definite difference between the flashbacky stuff at the very beginning and the current day truck exploding. Not much, but you could see that it, they try to put a even a filter on it, so, you know, like a sepia tone or whatnot, uh, gave it a different feel. The writer is Donnie Katz, or Kates, however you want to say that. I'm going to assume he's a good writer. Uh, I, I really can't say yes or no, because there really wasn't much writing. It The story is not there at all yet. So we'll see what happens in issue two. Um yeah, that's all I got for that. I don't, I don't <laughs> like, want to know that. That just sounded so confusing. Yeah, I'm lost. It's, but you're, you're lost. But you like you feel like there should have been something. Like there's nothing there. You feel like there should have been something there, and you want to go back and read it to make sure that there was nothing there. <laughs> you follow? It, it it feels like it feels like there was a page of exposition missing. Like, exactly. Like right by in the, middle, the way. BT Dubs, my name's Tim, and this is Steve, and we've been friends for twenty years. And you know Maybe what? There was forced to get like there should have been something, but you, but you're right. Like it's just you're thrown into this world and given characters to maybe care about, but no reason to care about. I I know. I well I sh like 
the backstory between these two guys will make me want to like them. But they didn't give me that backstory, so I have no other reason to like them. Like, that's the way the book laid out. And outside of the BWAP part, the the other <laughs> I favorite... keep on thinking fat part when you say no, that. No, no, BWAP. I'm getting... Hello? Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Oh, I don't know what that was. You heard that too, right? Yeah. There is... Are messing with sound effect? One? No. <laughs> There's one bad guy that I feel we need to know because we are shown that he is missing a finger. That's too much it. fapping. Like <laughs> no face, no name, but we know he is a four-fingered man. That's it. It's <laughs> gonna be the new wives' tale, the new uh, mother's tale. You're gonna lose yeah. a finger doing that. <laughs> so that was that. Um, my second book, which you actually made comment about earlier, was uh, Tooth and Claw. From uh, Yes, that's right. I picked up an image book, shockingly oh, wow. enough. And read uh, before <laughs> me and Dan, too. Yeah. Ta-da! Dude, tell me about um, it. Kurt Busick, writer, <laughs> Benjamin Dewey, artist, and cover colors. And, of course, Jordy, the amazing, all-encompassing Jordy Belair on, on, uh, on colors. Um, now... When the the interiors of this book, it's it's all all animals, all different types. So that normally will take me out because I like to read about people, like humans. I know it's like a racism thing, but uh, <laughs> You're so specious. I, yes. <laughs> you you start off the story with a a simple introduction to one of the I'm going to assume major characters, but right now he's a minor character to start the story off. He's a it's the. A pit bully type, you know. What's a what was Spuds McKenzie? Uh, a weird old terrier. Dog. Okay, that dog. <laughs> okay, he's a he, Spuds McKenzie reference. A, that, you're welcome, Christ. Dean. Do you know that? <laughs> sort of. Um, you, you should the target dog. Mm. Okay, uh, that'll yeah. work as well. Yes, the there target dog who was a retired <laughs> Spuds McKenzie dog because the drinking just got too bad. <laughs> um, the way they introduce this this world is that it's very set in in tradition and and magic, and they have certain rites and rituals that they do every day. And this this pup, because he's a young humanoid dog, is learning his craft and his trade because his father seems to be head of shipping and and and, and trade. Um. As the story as the story progresses, you find out this whole world is based in magic. Like there's the separation between those that live in the air and then the the, the land dwellers, and every all of their ships and their cities are floating based off of magic. So it's actually a pretty interesting concept when um, we see the how the trade goes on. It's these very regal looking dogs and cats and whatnot, and when they hit the ground, the people that are doing or the the, the humanoid they look like water buffalo. They're the ones doing all the work, and they're scarred, and they're rough looking, and they're trying to make their 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 um, means. They're trying to make their ends meet, and they're like, "Well, we did you know three times more work to get you your numbers, and here that we're showing that we're part of this group, and their their currency seems to be in magical stones." And this regal dog goes, "Well, here's your payment." And the dude's like, "Well, we we did triple the work." You, you, you need to pay us more. And he's like, no, that was the agreed upon price here. And then they, there's a little squabble back and forth and water buffalo dude ends up dead. 
or at least out of commission. There's a little zappy thing going on there, all based around magic. Zippy zap. Zap. Um, <laughs> well, once we find out that the kid is trying to learn the trade and that it's a, it's a real rough situation, we flash forward to this big, big setup of... Um, like it's it's I don't even know what they're they're calling it. it's a it's a gathering of magical like the uppermost magical beings in this world and they're you know it's 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 said that magic is running out there it's like a finite element so they're trying to figure out a way to either make it last longer or get more and there's this one outsider female boar character and she's like well there's this thing. I know we need to do it. You guys don't agree with me. Um, it, it's the tentacular drift. Now, apparently, all of their magic started way back when, when this one person or thing, the great champion, started it. Just unleashed, opened the doors, whatever he or she did to magic. And that's when it was at its most prevalent. And apparently, there's more left back there. So the, the group... Or the, the, this boar says, we have to go back to when it first started and say, hey, dude, let out more or redo it or do help us in the future. Now, she's like the outsider. She, everybody thinks she's crazy and she needs like 16 other magician type people to make this happen. And the head magic dude who's an eagle says like, no, Talon, no, you're wrong. You're crazy. We're not listening to you. You're out. Go. So there's mumblings and rumblings, and all of a sudden we flash forward to this other floating city, and they got this giant altar. Everything is set up, and they start rolling with this 16-person fucking magic act. And the boar does it. Like, she gets through this this time rift, and we see this silhouette type layout of the, the great champion. Now we don't know what it is or who it is. But all of the, like, because it seems like each of the animal species ha have, like, a little commune, commune. So the dogs claim them, claim the grape champion as a dog, and the, the boars claim them as a boar, and the cats. Nobody knows who this person or thing is, but they know they, they need him. So at, in the process of trying to reach back into time and grab this dude, they just fuck up and, like, Buckled the city in half. I mean, the, the process absorbed all of the magic out of the city and everything around it. So the city fell to the ground and, and there was just massive destruction. So when all the rubble settles, we realize that this city with all of these high-end magicians is now on the ground with these, we'll just call them disgruntled employees. <laughs> and it, it's like there's pierced bodies because like everybody just got fucked up. Of course, the, the main pup from the beginning is fine. He wakes up. His dad's dead. we got to figure out what he's going to be involved with. And the final pages is a, a, a insight into the fact that there is going to be an uprising. Something is going to happen with, with the water buffalo or whoever's left on land. But Boar Lady got the great champion. He's there or she's there. But we have no idea who it is, what it is, good guy, bad guy, gonna help, not gonna help, and it's left at that. So, like, there is serious intrigue. Like, I want to know. First off, is it a dog? Is it a cat? Is it a buffalo? I have a strong feeling it's a human because there are absolutely no humans in this story whatsoever. I think that would be a nice little twist. But If it's not a tapir, I am going to be pissed off. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the I mean the art is stunning. Like I, I, I it it's so engaging and it's and it's like you know how like when you're reading a book and there's an action scene and like sometimes you could feel the action moving and sometimes it's just like a two dimensional image. Every panel of this book is action packed and moving. Like it feels like it should be a cartoon or a television show or something. Um and it's engaging. Like way more story, way, way, way involved. Like there's so much um hist like you could feel that there's so much history involved with these people that you want to know more. And I I'm definitely gonna continue reading. Um the the best part, and this sounds kinda off, is you know, the the back page is this interaction between the writer and the artist and the writer and the, the colorist and saying, Hey, do you want to do this book with me? And they have little avatars for each of the people speaking and they're all animals. Like, um, um, the writer is a bear, I want to say, <laughs> and he's talking to Ben, the artist, Benjamin, and he's a lion and it starts off. Oh, uh, hello. This is Ben Dewey. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Kurt Busiek, blah, 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 blah. I have this story book coming up and I want you to draw for me. It's about sprawling fantasy series with animal people and, and I'm in. Sold. Then he continues to try to. He's like, no, no, dude, you, you can stop. I got, I got shit to do. Stop. I'm in. And, so, and, and Jordy <laughs> Bear is what a, a monkey attached to uh, a computer. Like, actually, <laughs> just <laughs> hold on. Hey, Jordy, she is a fox. Oh, a foxy lady. So, she certainly is. <laughs> I mean, all in all, An really, really fox. good book. I mean, the the cover artwork is <laughs> is stunning. The interiors are fantastic. It's I highly recommend it. And, and, and I, also. 48 pages for 299. Correct. And if I hold on, let me do the quick flip. Not an ad in it. <laughs> so, you get the 48. Solid. Solid 48. Yeah. Solid 48, which is a very rare occasion. I feel is, like is, there is, was more story in that than the 30 issues of Batman Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> there probably was. <laughs> but See, well, all, like now now I'll go and pick it up based on your recommendation cuz like one of the reviews I saw for it was like Hey, Tooth and Claw, it's like an anthropomorphized Game of Thrones. And I went, nope. Nope. I don't not need at all. to be a part of that. I totally disagree with that. There's not a single bit of magic in Game of Thrones. I mean, you know, this is magic. Like, I, I magic filled, chock full of magic. Um, there is a hierarchy of sorts, which I guess you can say is Game of Thrones y, but it's, it's not. It's, it's an, uh, it's an anthropomorph anthropomorphized. I don't know. I, I feel like What's whenever the there's a... with the lions that they train with the magic, you know, in Vegas, the one's got his face eaten off. Siegfried and Roy. It's a magic show. That's all it is. <laughs> I feel like whenever it's like a big story, they're like, it's Game of Thrones. It's like, come on. Every every story's like that. It's if, if there's like more than four characters, they're like, oh, it's so Game of Thrones. Star Trek, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what just happened, but I lost complete sound. So. <laughs> oh, really? Can, can... I'm back oh, okay. now. Now okay. I can hear you. So. It's fantastic. We decided on uh we decided on the first uh paper cuts Kickstarter, Star Trek Game of Thrones. Ooh, very excited I like about that. it. Hold on, where do I sign up? <laughs> well, we'll Game have that on by the uh by the end of the podcast. That'll be in the show notes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> okay. So I guess that leaves uh me to tie this all up. I'm gonna make it quick just for keeping us on schedule. Um I decided to go back in time, like literally back in time. Like, when Vertigo actually did things and wasn't just a nameplate that DC kind of whipped out every once in a while. And I read Preacher by oh, nice. uh, let me, like Garth Ennis. And let me get uh, the artist's name because I don't want to leave him out. Steve Dillon. Not Matt Dillon. It's Matt Dillon's brother, Steve Dillon. 
that's true. <laughs> totally true. One hundred percent fact checked. I already did the work. Um, I, yeah, it's it's cool. It's actually what it reminds me of is don't hate me for this because I watched this first and didn't read the book. Kind of reminds me of Supernatural, sort of like that. Except, yeah, actually, it 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 pretty much is. It's like Supernatural a lot more took sex that. and drugs. Yeah, yeah, way more sex and drugs. But uh, it it's sort of along the same lines. Like one dude gets possessed. Angels and devils are trying to stop him. He's got a couple companions going on. Blibbity blah blah blue. Crazy shit happens. <laughs> Blibbity blobbity boo. No, it's it's cool. I mean, you know, the the art looks a little dated, but besides that, the story's awesome. It's it's really cool. Um it's definitely not a, you know, kids under fifteen years old book though. There's some very, very strong language going on. It's very graphic. Um, but besides that, it's a fantastic adult book, and I mean, that's what Vertigo was good at back in the 90s, was making really, really cool adult books. It's a shame they don't do stuff like that anymore, because I've really been enjoying reading this, and I'm going to pick up the other trades immediately, because it's such a really well-fleshed-out story. I mean, it's Garth Ennis. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Garth Ennis. What, what else do I need to say? It's Garth Ennis. He just, he, mm-hmm. he just shits excellence. It, it's very, very true, and it's a shame that, that Vertigo has, has gone the way it has because Vertigo was like the adults' comics, and now it's just become the Magic's comics. Yeah, I, no. I mean, I, I felt that same way when I read Northlander because, like, when you read Northlander, like second to last page, you have that you know um, on the shelf, whatever the thing with, with Vertigo, and and you look at what's coming out with Vertigo this month, and it was you know DMZ, uh, Day Tripper, Fables, Hellblazer, uh, Scalped, Sweet Tooth, Transmet, uh, so you had like all these great stories, and now like you look back, you look you know look into it now, it's just nothing. Well, they're like. <laughs> Their their big thing last year, DC was like, yeah, yeah, we're uh we're bringing back Sandman, and yeah. uh, well, that's as far as we got. <laughs> <laughs> and and a Scott Snyder book, we're gonna we're gonna throw him in Vertigo. Yeah, it, yeah, it seems you, like you know, we got the the Wake. Um, he'll he'll be doing that every when he feels like it. Um, <laughs> whenever that comes out, uh, it seems like sorry. all the Vertigo books have gone to Image now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like image, image has really become the home for all that shit. Yeah, and I, that I, you know, good good for them because I mean, image has really made their name for those types of books, and I, you know, why not? If if you can take advantage of that and get properties that ref- better reflect your publishing pu- publishers company, whatever, um, do it, you know. And I, I love Image so much. They have so many great books out, and they just do everything right. I, I cannot flaw them. Well, for see, you, you can't even say it. The fact that Image is creator owned, it's all the people that are putting the shit out. When you, when you do a title for Marvel or for DC or for, for Vertigo, for that matter, you still have to tell the company line. The company line, it, it Image is do what you want and do it well. And that's it. That that used to be Vertigo. I mean, you preacher could not come out and on Vertigo today, but it, it would be a great for an image book. And I feel yeah, like you, they, they you could just, not have you could not have Arseface and Dog Welder. No, or the, the orgy scene is never going to come out in a Vertigo book again. It's uh, true. Or Hearst Hairstar, that guy's amazing. The <laughs> shit that happens to him. Oh God, preacher is so good. Yeah, I'm, so I'm really good. excited to, to to get through it. It's it's a it's a really cool book, 
And I mean, for anyone that hasn't picked it up, that's has sort of a mature outlook. Yeah, sure. Totally pick it up. Or if you won't get in trouble from your parents by reading it, totally pick it up because don't tell your parents that Dean told you to get this book. <laughs> do not. That, that'll be a fun conversation. Yeah, mommy, this guy on the internet named Dean told me to pick this up. Yeah, his oh. phone number Dude. is. Here's here's a picture of a devil fucking an angel. There you go. That uh. If you if you'd fun. like to ask him a question about it, you could drop him a line at geeklifesite at gmail .com. Yeah, great. That's all I G3 want. G three three K L I F E. <laughs> Well, I'm glad and, we got pick, that out of the way. Pick it up and, and read it before AMC is going to uh, bastardize it and, and probably ruin it because you, you can't do that book. Oh, God, that anything. got option, didn't it? Yeah, Ugh. it's and you can't do it without doing it on, on Showtime or HBO or something like that. I don't know how AMC is going to do it. I I have faith in them. I do. Did you guys I, see has the, the AMC uh, gone wrong yet? No, not yet. Did you guys see the Constantine show yet? I, I, I watch it and I like it. Uh, yeah, it's not terrible. I, I, I don't hate it. It's still too early to tell, like, if it's going to be good or not. But it's okay right now. I like the what, main what character. I think on? he's pretty cool. Uh, NBC? ABC. A I, I think it's NBC. <laughs> NBC or CBS? Yeah, you're probably right. CBS is Channel 2. I doubt I that. It's Channel 7. High. That's what I know it That's is. An yeah. It's ABC. Or, I don't think it's ABC. It can't I think be it's I think you're right. I think you're NBC. Okay. I think it's ABC is, uh, is Marvel. Yeah, and that, that show, like, oh, it's so hit and miss. So hit and miss. Ugh. Good show. Uh, last week's episode was good. I liked it on this Friday which, with the whole which show. Constantine. Oh. I thought we were talking about uh, Gotham being hit or miss. Oh, no, no, no. that no. is I, really that's, hit that's or miss. Hit yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I've been pretty into that lately, uh, especially now that spoilers. Um, Zaz showed up. That was fucking cool as hell. Yes, yeah. I agree. But the fact of the matter is, it's still hit or miss because we had to live with an episode and a half of the 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 goat. <laughs> the goat. Yeah, that the was. Goat. Uh, uh. So uh, I haven't watched this show yet because uh, I'm a bad comic book fan. But when you say the goat, do you mean like a guy walking around as the greatest of all time, or an actual the goat? Okay, I will never make a reference to WW whatever. So. <laughs> that's a fucking jay-z reference if it's anything e either way <laughs> um yeah. the 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 theory is that there is this dude who embodies the goat and he just kills people yeah not very good i, I can give well, you spoilers if you no, want no, no, it don't don't okay. don't do that but i i mean um that's, that's at them first no 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 it's it <laughs> yes. it it turns up to be and like a classic it, it's it's basically a classic like batman uh storyline spoilers 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 it turns out to be the psychiatrist um okay how come you get to do the spoiler and you tell me cause, not to because now we're now we're just we're too deep right I, I i we're too deep in the shit i got my boots on already i might as well save you from getting dirty I'll jump in. It's my fault. There's spoilers. I think you just wanted to take the glory. Evan, Evan, please go ahead. It's too late. It's I, too late now. Okay. All right. And, and also, spoilers John Constantine smokes cigarettes in the show. Ah! Are they real cigarettes or is it one of those fakey vapor ones? N no, real not cigarettes. They're, they're, they're real cigarettes. Hey, I smoke one of those fakey vapor cigarettes. That's right. <laughs> The, the the main character and the the, the the actor they got is is the reason why I watched that show. I think he's, he's awesome. He's pretty good. Yeah, he actually is he looks British? the part. Yeah, yeah, and he looks is the he part. Snarky? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
he's all he, and he smokes. So that's yeah. all I got. British snarky and smokes. That's Constantine. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I like it. And he, he fits the part. He looks like Constantine, so it's it's pretty close. Keanu so Reeves. not Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he's not oh, Keanu look at Reeves. That high five from across the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not Keanu Reeves. And uh that's a good thing. Also I like, uh, I like Keanu Reeves. Papa Maybe Midnight not. showed up and that was pretty cool. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. Wait, wait. Papa like the actor who played No no Papa? no no no. Just the, the character. The character. Oh. Wait, isn't Papa isn't Papa Midnight from American Horror Story? No, that's Papa Legbo. Oh, I got my Papas mixed up. <laughs> you can see how you would. I mean, oh God. Um. All right. So what else you got, Dean? Nah, I, I, I. We sort of set the rule that it's either two. Um. Oh, two or a trade, I guess. Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Uh, so I did a trade and two. <laughs> Son of a. Bitch. Oh, you you mentioned the trade. The trade yeah, didn't really true. spend that long on, so it's okay. Uh, but I guess I should sing us out now. Uh, guys, if, uh, if you like the podcast, you want to listen to any of the other ones, check out, uh, any of the stuff on our website or just happen to want to contact us about anything at all. Uh, you can actually get all that information down in the show notes or check out our website at www.g33klife.com. And if you like the website, be sure to like us, subscribe to us, follow us on whatever social media or iTunes platform stuff that you follow. So uh, don't tell your parents. Yeah, don't tell your parents. We do. I think that's the key message from this episode. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's that's gonna be the title. Yeah, don't tell your parents. Uh, all right. Uh, from those of us here at the Paper Cuts Podcast and Geek Life, enjoy your day and read some comics. <laughs> <laughs>